Welcome to Mavericks of Senior Living. We're tired of the status quo and the age-old thinking of this is how it's always been done, so it must be working. Come embark with us on this journey as we challenge today's thinking of how we age. We are going to challenge the issues with curiosity to foster ingenuity in senior living. We are your hosts. I'm Francis. And I'm Catherine. If you're a forward thinker in long-term care, a caregiver, provider, or family member of a senior, you're in the right place. We interview experts, innovators, and people willing to shake things up for the betterment of our older adults with the intent of creating change. Want more inspiration? Subscribe to our show and check out more episodes on our website, mavericksofseniorliving.com. Very, very honored today to have Karen Brown with us, who is very active in the senior and aging community, making change. So Karen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Kathy. I am delighted to be here and so excited that you and Francis have really tackled this topic and are introducing this podcast series. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're excited to talk to you today because you have a lot of things going on. And why don't we start there? What are all of the things that you are working on right now? So I am actually uh, kind of involved in all things aging. That's what I really talk about. I actually serve on the governor's task force for the strategic action planning group on aging. Uh, I also am very involved in a campaign called changing the narrative. And it is really focused on talking a little bit about ageism. And we actually have a new offshoot campaign called age friendly workplaces. Uh, I head up the Aging 2.0 Denver chapter, which really focuses on technology and aging, and have a consulting practice called iAging. So that's why I say all things aging. I'm really connected to all facets of that, that arena. All things aging. And I met you last year at Denver Startup Week. There was a session that you put on. I think AARP sponsored it and um, Aging 2.0. And I've become involved in Aging 2.0 as well. And for us, for you listeners out there who have any interest, Aging 2.0 is a fantastic organization. The Denver chapter here is very active. And if you have any interest, we'll put some information in our show notes about joining. For those who are listening, Denver Startup Week is coming up in September. It's the 16th through the 20th. And um, iAging and Aging 2.0 have three different panels that will be going on this year. Likely on Monday and Tuesday, the 16th and 17th, there'll be startups in the longevity economy, one focused purely on the caregiving aspect, um, and another really on sort of partnerships, pilots, and public relations. So we have at least three, and I know there are others that are, that are also out there, and I'd be glad to share those links with you too, Kathy. Oh, that would be great. Tell us a little bit about changing the narrative. That was one of the things that Francis and I talked about. We're here to challenge, and we challenge with curiosity. What needs to change in the world of aging today? And I was intrigued when you talked about changing the narrative. So tell us a little bit about that. So the changing the narrative is actually a campaign that's being funded by Rose Community Foundation, as well as the Next 50 Initiative. And the campaign really focuses on looking at how we talk, act, think, and treat older people. So it's, it's really looking at the whole concept of does ageism exist? And if it does, what kinds of things can we do to really evolve our thinking around that topic? Uh, it was actually a, a 
kind of like the birthed by an organization called the Frameworks Institute. The Frameworks Institute is an organization that tackles issues that sort of have uh, garnered a, a bad rap for some reason. And aging was one of those. They couldn't understand why there wasn't more uh, connectivity, relationships, um, opportunity for older people. And as they looked a little bit closer, they recognized that there was, a, there was an ism attached to it and that negative things are generally attached to just growing older. That's kind of the, how we got started in it, and that, that's where we're at. In 2018, a team of, oh, I'm going to guess maybe a dozen different uh, presenters made more than 48 presentations across the state to wow. more than several thousand people talking about, you know, how we talk about older people um, and talking a little bit more about ageism. So that, that's really kind of the, the guts of what it is, is their tagline is ending ageism together. I like that. And so those 48 presentations that were given across the state of Colorado, were those same presentations or similar presentations given across the nation or is this a Colorado initiative? This is actually a Colorado initiative. It's my understanding that there are a couple other states that have a smaller campaign where they've done, you know, maybe a dozen presentations, but Colorado uh, amazingly has had a highly receptive climate, um, all the way from libraries wanting us to come in and do presentations to the attorney general's office. Um, actually, presentations have been done at the AG's office to all of their attorneys because their attorneys represent older people in fraud and litigation um, and those kinds of lawsuits. So we've, we've talked to a vast array of, of different groups, but Colorado certainly is leading the nation uh, from what we understand in terms of getting the word out there about really trying to evolve our thinking and talking and acting towards older people. That is really interesting. And I'm glad I'm not surprised to see Colorado on the forefront of this. And I imagine that you have a little bit to do with that as well, because you're very, very active in this community. So we appreciate that. The the presentations that were made, the, the objective of those was to what? It's really, the objective is to reframe how we think about aging. You know, they actually, and, and I'll, you know, maybe we can put these kinds of information on your website, but they actually put together like three different cards um, that when you go through a three-hour training, talk about basically justice, I mean, how we treat people and that we treat all people equally, that as we age, every person ages and they build momentum. Um, and the, the third part is ingenuity. Um, why does it matter what's at stake? So they, they really try to help us look at things from a different perspective and reframe our perspective from us and them. You know, whether it's an older person, it's, it's them, it's, it's not a part of our uh, community. Um, that aging automatically equates with decline and deterioration. Um, interestingly enough, I think it's less than 5% of older people actually end up in a nursing home, um, in skilled care. The vast bulk of older people actually live out their lives in generally good shape. Um, just we tend to have put them off onto the back burner once they hit 65 and retire. And then that whole concept of dependency that, you know, once you're older, you're completely dependent on everybody else. Again, for a small percent of the population that does occur, um, but we're seeing now that that timeline is, is growing where we're actually independent and healthier much, much longer. 
So those are kind of the themes of, of what we talk about. Um, there's the other thing that they talk about too is fatalism. You know, it's interesting because very few foundations actually support uh, aging. 2% of the foundations in the U.S. give grants to support programs that tackle aging or help older people. But a part of it is a fatalistic perspective of, you know what, they're old, there's nothing we can do about it. And again, that's a tiny part of the population that gets to the point where they are so challenged that they really are 100% dependent on other people. So that's kind of the, the theme and, you know, the direction of, of what we talk about. And do you address it all in the changing the narrative, the way that the older population stays in the workforce longer and how that fits? You know, one of the things that came out of this change in the narrative, as we did the presentations last year, all 48, after almost every presentation, somebody would come up and say, you know what, I'm 40, I've left the workforce, care for my kids, I was out five years, I'm having a real hard time getting back into the workforce. Somebody who was 55 said, I was outsized, downsized, right-sized, whatever you want to call it, but I'm out of work and I have to work. I, I need that money so I can retire and I may actually have to work in retirement. A, a third person, a 65-year-old actually said that I just retired from a 20-year career. I am so excited to do something different, you know, like onward new endeavor. Uh, when we heard those things, we actually decided that the business community might need sort of a reminder um, and some documentation that older people in the workforce is highly valuable. So we actually put a brochure together, a woman named Janine Vandenberg, who kind of heads up the, the change in the narrative, put a brochure together that really talks about the value of an older person in the workforce. Not suggesting that there's any less value for any generation, it's just you may as well keep some of these people involved because they do bring a lot to the, to the picture. So it, it rolled out of the changing the narrative. So the, the older population can bring the maturity, the experience, the, the being good advisors and mentors potentially for some of the younger population who comes with some new, fresh, fun ideas. Working together seems to be a really great approach to getting some innovation in the world. Especially in, in Denver, it's very much a startup world. And I'm seeing more and more of um, people who are, I would say, over 60 even, starting up companies, which yes. we don't think about that in startup world. I think you point out something about the mentoring. And one of the great things that we have in, certainly across the globe now, is the recognition that we have peer-to-peer -peer mentoring and reverse mentoring. So not just older people educating younger people, but even younger people helping older people who maybe don't have the same skill set, you know, whether it's the social media um, avenue. So it works both ways. I think that the mentoring is working both ways and, and working out really well where it's, where it's um, being enacted. That's, that's a really, really good point, two-sided mentoring. What are some really interesting things that you have learned? Um, I know you and I talked about some some terminology that we use that's very common that maybe we should consider changing. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things, this is something that it comes up. I'm, there's a, another, we can put this on your sheet. It's called the quick guide and it has certain um, words that, that kind of bring a negative connotation. So that word silver tsunami, you know, 
Like I, my training is as a geologist and a tsunami is a massive wave that comes in and generally obliterates a village. Okay. Um, it can like destroy the village because of the massive impact, uh, the, the unexpected nature of it. So to call it the silver tsunami brings um, a rather negative connotation. So that's one of those things that we really want to change rather than that catastrophic perspective. You know, we can talk about, you know, Americans are just living longer and healthier. That, that's what's happening. It's not a silver tsunami and it's not just for the boomer population. Every generation after us is going to live longer and longer and longer, or at least that's the expectation. And so what we're bringing to the world is only the beginning of what's going to happen in the years to come. And that's something that I did not know. I learned recently that it's not just the boomer population. This wave will continue. How does changing the narrative look at that? So what we're actually doing through the Age-Friendly Workplace Initiative is I, I'm connecting with chambers, rotaries, businesses, um, business alliances, and coordinating presentations. Uh, so a team, myself and another person, I have a team of about eight or nine women who are working on this part specifically, and one man, one, one guy's joining the team too. And we actually go out and do presentations and talk to people about you know, what's going on. Businesses, actually at this point in time, generally speaking, we've got a lot of receptivity. And I think part of that is the recognition that our unemployment rate here in Colorado is about two and a half percent. So that means that every employer is looking very hard to find people to help them, you know, to grow their, their business, which ultimately grows the local economy, which ultimately grows the state economy. And keeping those older people employed in some capacity is highly beneficial too, because that means they have more discretionary income. They can actually continue spending as opposed to being on a fixed income. I, I do think it's interesting. There's, you know, I was at a presentation this morning that I and Nancy Finkerhood gave and a woman raised her hand and said, you know, one of the concerns that we had when she was in the corporate world, just like you and I, is that just as you described, well, if all the older people stay on, there won't be room for the younger people to move up and the salary caps will impact the lower people. But I'm seeing a big shift in opportunity from some of the startups in this space like a company called Wave um, and another company called Gibson Arnold, who are actually looking at finding ways to engage older employees, not in a full-time capacity, sometimes in full-time, but oftentimes in what might be considered half-time or three-fourths time work or even project work. So they stay connected for phased retirement, maybe three, four or five years, but each year they ratchet down their involvement so that allows for that older person to mentor some of the younger people coming up. It allows for a slight reduction in their salary, lightening the load so that those people coming up can get increases in wages um, and keeps the company whole by keeping that historical knowledge base, base training the younger ones coming in. So I think there's starting to be a little bit more uh, insight into hmm, how do we evolve things to tap into both both or multiple sets of, of generations of workforce. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm looking forward to having Colorado be on the forefront of, of making some real change in the nation. You're really involved also in technology and the aging population. Tell us a little bit about what you find in the technology world right now. 
Well, as you well know, um, caregiving is one of the biggest challenges that anybody who is connected to an older person is probably experiencing. Whether you're a senior living community, whether you are a home caregiver, if you're looking for support, we have an, an incredible shortage of caregivers. Um, what's happening in that space, like the Serenity app, um, people are trying to design products and solutions that will lighten the load for the existing caregivers, for those family members, formal or informal, um, and um, more empower the, the older person. So that is certainly a big, big frontier. But as at Aging 2.0, you may remember that we have eight grand challenges. Caregiving and care coordination are two of those. They, they probably are the biggest ones right now. Uh, there are things like, you know, opportunities through startups like Silvernest, which is a startup that focuses on home sharing for a boomer or an empty nester. I think it's an amazing um, product and solution. I actually spoke with a fellow named John Zababa who 25 years ago, they came up with the same idea, but it was before the internet. And so what they tried to do was manually, you know, meet people individually, advertise, and over a two-year time period, they made 25 matches of, of people who were a little bit younger who wanted to share a home with an older person and help them out. Sellernest, in two years, I think they've now topped 75,000 matches, all because of the amazing capabilities of algorithms and the ability to be on the internet. You're in the tech space as well. I mean, you, you probably know more about the caregiving stuff than I do. To go into caregiving is not a lucrative career move right now, but they're so desperately needed. I was at Argentum recently in Argentum conference and they talked about some across the board caregiver education that would allow caregivers a career path and bumps in pay along the way as they met certain criteria. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to talking more about that too and we'll probably do many, many episodes just on the topic of, of how do we deal with the caregiver shortage that we will have with this amazing population that's gonna continue aging and aging better than they ever have in the past. So notice I didn't say silver tsunami. <laughs> Very good. Changing my narrative. <laughs> there you go, that, that's perfect. Well, you know, it also tied to the technology space, which really kind of ties with caregivers. I mean, I can think of two other products that I'll just mention, um, and certainly I, I'm not saying these are the end-all, be-all, but I think they're very interesting. So there's a project called uh, a product called GPS Smart Soul, and it's a, a, a soul, that, and it's soul that fits inside of a shoe. You connect it to your iPhone, and so for the caregiver and for the loved one, you finally have that ability to give them some freedom, because the minute they leave a perimeter that you mark on your phone or your, your laptop, the caregiver's alerted. And so you can go and you know check on mom just to be sure everything's okay. And I think it's a godsend for the caregiver because she, she or he do not have to be by the, the parent's side for every minute. And the, the parent gets to you know what, have a little bit of freedom and wander around within a certain parameter. So amazing, amazing stuff that's happening because of you know, it's the tech. It's, it's and it sounds so simple, doesn't it? it? It's a GPS in an insole for a shoe. That's huh. amazing. It's so, you know, people talk about, well, you can do that on an Apple Watch or you can, you know, but 
not every older adult wants to wear those things. It's not their generation and they're, they don't want other people to be signaled either that right. they, they might be tracking these things. Well, that's a great thing. It's in your shoe. Nobody sees it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So perfect, perfect solution. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned a couple of solutions. So that right. Was so there's another one that's kind of connected to, um, it's called um, Safe Wanderer. Uh, I, are you familiar with that one? It's, 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 it was designed by a Japanese boy. Boy, he was 19 when he actually designed it. His grandfather had real bad dementia. And so his family took shifts. They took three eight-hour shifts each, he, his sister, and his mom. And the grandfather would wander frequently. Well, he designed a little button that fit onto the clothes. And it was actually um, technology that anytime he would get out of a chair or get out of a bed, it would go to a smartphone and would alert the phone. So again, it gave that caregiver the freedom to, you know what, let grandpa do his thing. If he changes from where we set, set him down to watch TV, we'll know and we can go check just to be sure he's okay. Or if he's laying down taking a nap and he starts to get up, we can go check just to be sure he's not wandering off. Um, actually, that was, I think that was maybe three years ago. It came out at aging two and Alzheimer's, the Alzheimer's Association adopted that as one of their products that they really felt was a, a high benefit for that, that population with dementia. That is fantastic. And as you say, it gives the caregiver a little bit of breathing room because we can't have eyes on them 24-7, yep. even when you're taking shifts. And then we, again, we'll have more sessions on this and get into the caregiver burnout and yes. how we manage caregiver burnout. It is a very, very real thing. And if you haven't done caregiving you may not quite understand the level of burnout that can happen and, and the impact on your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your relationships, your work. I think this all ties in to some extent with changing the narrative because in the old days, we didn't have those tools. So people, um, if you've got dementia, you truly were dependent 24 seven around the clock on somebody. As time goes by and our health span grows, and we're able to find some solutions that help older people and their caregivers, you know what, it gives them a little bit more independence. It, it gives the caregiver more independence. And I think it changes our perspective of, you know what, suddenly older dementia and unable to do anything to, you know what, still able to be engaged and connect on some things, maybe losing a little bit here on this front, but could be gaining in, in other areas. So I think that is changing the narrative of, of the kinds of solutions that are out there and, and that we actually can find solutions that help everybody. As we talk about changing the narrative and terminology, we talked about the silver tsunami and maybe eliminating that from our vocabulary. Uh, you had mentioned to me also how we refer to them. And, and there I said them, right? I'm, we don't want it to be an us and them. How do we refer to the category of person who is 65 and older? What, Right now, we call them seniors, we call them elders. For the most part, you know, that's part of what the Frameworks Institute did. They did some amazing research and actually documented. They used six or seven different words. They used senior, elderly, uh, older person, older adult. Uh, I mean, again, a, a wide array. And they asked people for each category, they gave them a list of, of words that would talk about their perception of what was that person like. Seniors and elderly, 
uh, ranked in terms of the, the frail, elderly, old kind of a person. So even though you might be a senior by AARP's terms at 50, you didn't actually mirror the, the, the perception of what a senior was considered by those focus groups to be. Um, what they did find in that research was that older person, and actually older adult was the best term, that ranked the highest. So they really, they changing the narrative, tries to move away from using the word senior, because again, it implies such a negative connotation. So if, if I leave our audience with a couple of things, one would be specific terminology they can change. Silver tsunami should be talking instead about the, the increased longevity in our health span. Mm -hmm. um, senior and elderly maybe can be replaced with older adults. What other things would you like to leave our audience thinking about today? You know, I think a, one of the biggest things that the Changing the Narrative campaign is doing is trying to simply raise the level of awareness of the fact that we do look at older people in a different way. And the first thing you have to do to change behavior is to recognize, you know what, maybe I am looking at them with different eyes. And once you start doing that internally, then you have the chance to change. So that, it's an awareness campaign to, you know what, take a close look at how you treat older people, how you talk to older people, and give it a second thought and think if there isn't a better way to be um, treating all people, no matter their age, in a more uh, equal and just way. That's great, Karen. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. For Thanks. our audience here, we will have all of this information in the show notes with uh, several links. And Karen, we will certainly have you back on to talk about several of the other things that we know that we're all challenging here in the aging community. Thank you, it was great. Um, well, and again, thank you and uh, Francis for doing this. I think it's just gonna be a wonderful opportunity to create more awareness around all things aging. Want to join the challenge? Have a story on how you or your team are fostering ingenuity? Share it with us by visiting mavericksofseniorliving.com. You can find our social media links and ways to connect there, along with more episodes to light your innovation fire. And don't forget to subscribe for more great interviews. Until, Until the, the next, next challenge. challenge.